0: It's the final hour of the morning blitz with Rick Corey. Brought to you by Chris Nickel Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. We want you to get involved right now on the Neuropathy Clinic of Oklahoma text line at 918 262 5072. We always on welcome. Online at 918 879
1: 1170. There, I did it again. <laughs> Golly. You'd think I'd learn, but I'm just not that smart. It is 7.58 on the Blitz 1170. Laughing in the other room is Bryce Holtz, because he was waiting for me to do that. <laughs> I,
2: I laugh because it, it, it's, it's so understandable, though, because he really does. He just baits you at that. Cause he, it sounds he like he's just, a little, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Well, we've got another we've got another promo that just says that. And so, yeah, I just <laughs> got to be smart enough to look at the clock like, you know. I've never said I was bright, right? Uh, all right. Bryce Hulse in the other room. I'm Rick Corey in here. I want to say thanks to the texture at nine one eight two six two five zero seven two. And I'll get back to the actual name here. <clears throat> uh, this comes from Carrie and Penny. Carrie and Penny, thank you very much. I'd mentioned earlier that we don't get a chance to – we can't really go to an Oilers game right now because I, I can't – there's not a lot we can do with Lindsay outside the house right now. And they just said, hey, sounds like those – you know, the problems continue. Our prayers for you. Thank you very much for that. I appreciate that. It's not something I mean, – it's something that's been going on since she was four years old. She's thirty nine, so it's a thirty five year battle. And anyone who's ever listened um to any of the stations I've well, I've only worked for two stations, but it listened to the stations I work for in my career pretty much knows what's going on because I've always been really honest about it. And it's it's this is the most challenging, most difficult time we've ever been through, and that includes a lot of stuff. So not able to do a lot of stuff right now, but you know what? She's still with us, and that's what matters. So thank you very much for that. I appreciate that because it's it's an ongoing struggle. 759, coming up in about 10 minutes, we're going to talk to Jordan Nagel. He is the Bishop Kelly. With former head coach. Now he's at Sepulpa, which I think is really cool because there's a lot of movement out in Sepulpa. We'll talk to him about his high school basketball team. In the meantime, Bryce and I talk about the Oklahoma State schedule. I'm sure yesterday, as soon as it came out, the Big 12 composite came out for the 2024, which by the way, I printed and there's no chance you can read it I don't I mean you'd have to be an ant to read that looks, thing. It look,
2: looks like a, a bingo card with just about sixty four squares or something. Yes, but I it know? also
1: looks like they shrunk all the, the, the printing on that <laughs> right. on said bingo card. But we do have in front of us the Oklahoma State schedule and we kinda we know what it is now. And we've had an idea what was gonna happen. We've seen some things leak here and there. But you look at this and Bryce added earlier in one of the updates that the uh, Cowboys open at BYU first trip to Provo. Of course, Sooners got to go out there you know, this, this last year. And I have told people before, because I've been there uh, three times, twice for football, once for basketball. And I've told people, in my opinion, the football setting is the best in America, as far mm-hmm. as the stadium and looking into the Wasatch and all that kind of thing. And the OU people, and I talked about how good they are to you out there. And every person who went from OU to cover it came back just just streaming praise yeah. for BYU. So, for any Oklahoma State Cowboy fans, if you are looking to go to a different away game, that's your one. First of all, you can drive there; it's not terribly easy. <laughs> it's 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 further than it's further than you might think. Uh, you got to get over some mountains and all those kinds of things. But it actually is a lovely drive if you don't mind that, and it is just a it's a beautiful place. Yeah, anyway, they're at BYU, they're at Colorado, they're at Baylor, they're at TCU, and they're at Kansas State. Okay, now, of those certainly the Colorado game, which I believe the Colorado is the opener, right? Uh, no, Colorado's the final game. It's, okay, it's sorry. on the
2: Friday after Thanksgiving. I want to say, is it after or, or it, it might be? It might be a week. It might be a week after um, it, okay, Thanksgiving. Isn't but it's th- on a Friday.
1: Isn't there a Frank's Thanksgiving game though? Because I thought I saw something that said, and I'm just looking at. at oh, yeah. I'm just looking uh, at the way and at at. <clears throat> I don't think there's a game.
2: They don't. I don't think they play on Thanksgiving. Okay, is it? Oh, OU that does. Somebody hmm. does. Yeah,
1: I saw it. rate, if you were looking at at BYU, Colorado, Baylor, TCU and Kansas State, which one would you pick? Colorado's in, is Colorado's a for good where one to. Too. Go? Yeah.
2: So it came down because you know, me and me and a buddy would go to road games the past couple years, and Colorado and BYU kind of stick out for that. Colorado being on a Friday is is kind of odd yeah, it is. um unfortunately. So then, it it would
1: have to be BYU probably. So a lot further drive, obviously. Yeah. I mean, uh, gosh, I would imagine if I were, to – I'd have to get the mileage up in front of me. But the, you know, Colorado might be only about halfway, believe it or not, when it comes to time uh, as for as far as getting there. Now, obviously, the at BYU, at TCU, and at Kansas State, those are, or pardon me, at Baylor, TCU, and Kansas State, those are always pretty simple. Mm. Um, Baylor's what, maybe five and a half hours. TCU is maybe four, four you know, something like that, Kansas State isn't much. 17 hours for Provo. Okay. And and what does it say to to, um, Boulder? Boulder probably says something like uh, 10 to 11. I would guess. In that range? 10 hours, 22 minutes. There you go. Yeah. Something along those lines. So once you get there, maybe only another six hours, but it's all through the mountains, so it's going to take you a while to get there. But really beautiful doing it. When you come out of the Wasatch down into the valley... Especially when you're if you're landing in an airplane, it's really spectacular because you come over the mountains, and the airplane is just going to drop right after you come over the mountains, and it's going to turn right generally because the wind is generally prevailing from the north, going to turn right, and you're going to go right over Provo, because you don't land there generally, mm-hmm. and you're going to go right up to Salt Lake, and in the in the midst of doing that, all that valley in between them, which is gorgeous, with the Wasatch to your right, and then the Great Salt Lake starts out to your left, mm-hmm. and the Great Salt Lake is an, a really interesting place. Be visited a couple of times and it's it's just a beautiful beautiful yeah. flight in there that's all there is to it so I, I would i would certainly certainly suggest that then of course coming to stillwater arizona state utah texas tech and west virginia it's utah that opens who is, yeah at home, the opener at home against utah
2: yeah so that, that's a big one i mean think about those first four games really because when you count the non-conference yeah south dakota state mm-hmm. defending national champions uh then you're hosting arkansas that's going to always be fun and then you're at tu that can get crazy i mean then come back home against utah like
1: that's really it's pretty good wild. that is fun as can be that's a wonderful wonderful schedule i i you know and it's a challenge you know especially now yet yeah, you've got most of your guys back if you if you're mike gundy and i saw a stat the other day well i saw a graphic the other day i think it was yesterday actually that listed okay look at all these great quarterbacks coming back in the big 12 and they listed bowman yeah and it's not that that surprises me necessarily but when I say great quarterbacks in the Big 12, do you just go Bowman? No, I don't. Uh, I, solid, dependable. Uh, n- all those numbers, things. Numbers,
2: numbers don't really lie, right? I mean, he 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 led in some categories. Absolutely. So,
1: but for whatever reason, I guess it's because Ollie gets attention, Brennan gets attention, all those things. You know, and the receivers stood out so well at the end of the year and made such big plays. Leon in the bowl game, that maybe. Is Bowman underappreciated?
2: I'm I'm not sure if he's underappreciated. I think it, he gets about the right kind of praise that he should. I I think that some people are pretty hesitant about that because there were a lot of plays this year where ah, that should have been a pick. That mm-hmm. should have been a pick. Um, I think it's I think you, there's reason to be optimistic though, just because for him to get another off season. With the same guys and the same specific targets like Rashad Owens, Brendan Presley, Dazon Stribling, who I thought was the best receiver until he got hurt in those yeah. first three games. You, didn't get him back, yeah. you know, now you are, there's going to be a battle, yes, but now you're more than likely going to be the starter than you were even last year. Last well, year going into it, it was, we, we didn't know this at the time, yeah. but Gundy was full on set about doing that little quarterback rotation. Now it's Bowman's spot to lose. So I, I think that that's going to be very important going into another offseason and knowing you're the guy and getting more reps uh, with the same group, essentially.
1: And you got, I mean, Casey Dunn had an interview for a coordinator job or a head coach job um, about there, a week ago. There was
2: talk. Yeah, I remember there was talk about like Arizona mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I, I can't remember who
1: else. And you know Arizona got Fafita back too, which was big for big them. Thing, yeah. So that's you know that's a big get for them. Arizona State, as we know, hasn't been great. Utah, that's you know with Cam Rising and not just that, that's Utah. They're going to be pretty dog on good. So of the of the incomers, Utah is going to be probably your best team. But BYU is sure. not bad. Uh, and Colorado, well, you just don't know what to expect from Colorado. You literally no. don't know what to expect. Early, great. At the end, just horrid. Uh, you know, kind of rewrote some things out there. You know, got rid of some guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, bring you'll in you'll some at least know people. who they are by that time yeah, in the season. Yeah, you should. You should, hopefully. But I, it, it's a fascinating—it's maybe one of the more fun schedules— the newness has a lot to do with that, but as you mentioned, South Dakota State, oh, coming off the championship and over at yeah. Tulsa, who just got rated the second best recruiting class in the American, and they're highly, re- uh, yeah. I say highly, for Tulsa, they are highly rated nationally. Some of the people, in the, you know, that quarterback recruit, some of the guys Kevin Wilson's brought in, now that's going to be a team you're going to need a, a, a new sh- score sheet for next year, too. For sure. You know, and I mean, for Jeremy and me and Bruce and all the guys who are in, this is our job. Those guys are going to be fairly new and you just don't know what you're going to end up with, but it looks like they've added really good pieces. So that yeah. could be really interesting mm-hmm. too, you know? And,
2: and Arkansas has, you know, been struggling, but they're going to gonna bring a convoy to Stillwater. No, you know, that's, God, yes. I mean, it's going to sound like a neutral site, yeah. uh, but like OSU is going to have to do their oh, part. Oh, I don't and, think
1: it'll sound like a neutral site. I, I, I don't believe I,
2: I, that. I, I, I think OSU is gonna have to do their part in making sure those seats are filled up though because Arkansas is one of those in my opinion One of those fan bases that no matter the way things look if they can make a trip somewhere very easily I mean that they're gonna bring some fire to it.
1: I might have a dis- to Disagree with you there having okay. my wife's family all being well half of the entire gigantic brood being from Arkansas and including, you know, one of her one of her uncles who's very well off with a construction company that he started himself, mm-hmm. built and made his own way has a has a luxury box there, and that's a I mean that's a big deal for that for that entire family basketball yeah. football you name it they do it all, and no believe me they complain you get, and want, they <laughs> they get up will, close look at oh, it oh <laughs> yeah they will they will hammer their own team, I know Gary Ann who texts us quite often is a huge Arkansas fan. You know, and she's the one that texted Monday and said, I don't want to talk about Arkansas basketball anymore, <laughs> which we're going to do with Tyler Cass yeah, so, sorry. in about 20 minutes. But, you know, we'll ask him that question. Yeah. How does that work? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, what what is his opinion of overall? I mean, because you think of great fans. Oklahoma State fans are great fans. Bad or good, they'll bitch and complain, but they'll go. Right. You know, uh, the only time Oklahoma fans didn't show was under John Blake. And when they it got a little bit dreadful under John Blake and things didn't go as well. Otherwise, they'll show. Yeah, you know it, it. They're not terribly fickle. You know, Alabama fans. I mean, yeah, they'll again they'll complain, but they'll show up. Yeah, haven't haven't
2: really had to complain too much, nope. right? No, <laughs> no, 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 so no, no, no. They'll, they'll show
1: up. You know, A and M fans. They're rabid. They'll show up. That team is underproduced for decades, and they'll still show. Yeah, you know, Arkansas, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. oh god goodness yes. although they've had to corporately buy out lately but <laughs> but arkansas i don't know we'll get his opinion it's 809 on the blitz 1170 any of those things you want to text about 918 it's a good question though what would what would be the most rabid fan base even when their team stinks and, you know, there's there's some good candidates around. We're going to talk in a moment to Jordan Nagel. Used to be at Bishop Kelly. Now the first-year head basketball coach out at Sepulpa where there are great things happening. We'll visit with him next right here on the Blitz 1170.
0: Your new home for the Dallas Cowboys is the Blitz 1170. From the Oklahoma sports desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.
2: Tonight, the Tulsa Golden Hurricane will host the Wichita State Shockers at the Reynolds Center. That one will have a 5.30 pregame, 6 o'clock tip-off. You can listen to all of it over on Big Country 99.5. And in NBA basketball tonight, the Oklahoma City Thunder will be hosting Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets. That's the fourth and final regular season meeting between the teams. Tip-off for that one is at 7. That's the Window World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holst the Butts 1170 and streaming on the Butts 1170 app.
0: This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you.
1: Nico Iamaliava. There we go. Finally able to say the Tennessee quarterback's name. Can't they just be named Smith anymore? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's 815. I know. That sounds really old. Sorry. Rick Corey along with Bryce Hulse here in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. Reminding you the Oilers are going to be home all weekend long. You've got 1,000, thousand 1,000 fans get a red rally towel on Friday night. Saturday, first thousand, get an Oilers beanie. That sounds cool. And then it's Sunday fun day. On Sunday, get a chance to skate with the team on the ice after the game. You can rent skates or just get them yourself. Plus, they'll have 500 kids get a free mini hockey stick, and they're going to have uh, Spider-Man and some others wandering around. All right, at 8.15, time for us to talk a little high school basketball. Oh, and, uh, We've had Jordan Nagel on before. Back th- when we did, he was the head coach at, book, at, pardon me, at Bishop Kelly. Now he's the head coach over in Sepulpa. Good morning. All right, tell me all about the change. How'd this all come about?
3: Hey, good morning, guys. First of all, I want to thank you uh, for having me on. It's always great to talk to you. It's um, always so fun talk- talking high
1: school basketball. Tell me tell me about the change. <clears throat> Pardon me. I know you had, uh, you had good teams at Bishop Kelly. I'm sure, you know, somewhat contented or happy there. Why the move to Sepulpa? Uh,
3: so I've been asked that question a bunch in the last eight eight to nine months. Um, so I am from Sepulpa. So I'm a I'm an alum from Sepulpa. My wife is an alum uh my 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 dad you know my fam- my family has all all been from here, so I've always bled blue um we We loved our time at Bishop Kelly uh but when this job opened up um in fact, we've lived in Sepulpa this whole time. I was driving over to Tulsa every day from Sepulpa. My wife is a teacher here in the junior high at Sepulpa um, it has been for the last 13 or 14 years so it was a better move for my family uh, my, my two kids have always been in Sepulpa public schools so uh, it was nothing that Bishop Kelly I I, I loved my four years at Kelly um, we had a great time we had good teams um, they were great to me and my family but this was just honestly one of those coaches family moves that a lot of people go man, you kind of had it rolling at Kelly what why the move Sepulpa's been struggling the last couple of years like why and uh I'm an assistant a d over here at sepulpa um and again it, it's home it it feels it feels right uh and it, it's been it's been everything that i I thought it was going to be so far
1: you know i'm I'm really happy for you and I think it's really cool too because you hear a lot of times about people going back to say their college team. You know, to coach there at alma Mater, if you will, and that seems to be a big deal. You don't hear it as much in high school and to hear your passion for the place in the city and, and the family's place in the city, I find that really admirable. That's gotta be kind of fulfilling for you.
3: It absolutely is. Um like you said, I said, I loved my four years. I can't thank that administration enough of Bishop Kelly and, and, and when and whenever you make a move like that, your teams don't understand you know they're going coach why are you leaving this and, and you yeah. kind of just tell them hey at one point in your career guys you're going to make a move uh for your family whether it's more more money whether it's closer to home what whatever it is you know in in every business you you take job opportunities and when you've got a wife and kids you you make family moves and that's what that's what should be the most important thing in your life or what what should come first and so that's what we did and uh, you know I get to see my wife every day at work, and I get my my uh, daughter 's an eighth grade cheerleader here, and my son is walks walks across the parking lot from his elementary school and comes to our varsity practice every day and they just didn 't get to do that. You know, 25 minutes away from home over yeah. at Kelly.
1: That's cool. That really is. 819 here on the Blitz 1170. Rick Corey and uh, uh, Bryce Hulse, pardon me, I almost coughed again. Jordan Nagel's with us, formerly Bishop Kelly, now, of course, over at Sepulpa. I want to ask more about the minute. First of all, Bryce has a question.
2: Yeah, Coach, uh, last night your team got a big win at Durant, the largest margin of victory your team's had. Uh, what was all clicking for your team? What stuck out specifically that caused such a big win?
3: So it's the longest road trip that we have. Um, It's about two hours and 50 minutes on a bus from Sepulpa to Durant. And so um, you got to get their legs going early. And Durant's a very good basketball team. They shoot the ball really well. And so we had to have a really good warm-up. The guys got a good sweat going. We came out in the first quarter, uh, played really well. It was tight at the end of the first. And then we continued to just kind of push the tempo. And guys made shots, but on the defensive end, Everything we asked them to do, uh, they executed, and uh, it was good to come out of there with a win that's a weird and odd kind of place to play. I kind of compare it to like a like a Texas Tech in Lubbock or somewhere where it's kind of way it's way out there it's a tough place to play. Uh, you don't know really the officials you don't know anything you we've never been out there, and so uh, I pulled in my driveway about twelve fifteen last night so uh, that I felt a little bit like a college coach in that sense, where yeah. you're not getting home at ten thirty at night. But it was good. It's, it's, we'll take long trips and we come out with a victory for sure. No Fun doubt. Right on the way home.
1: They do have a nice little Italian restaurant in downtown, and they put a Freddy's right there off the freeway. So their advantages. We're talking to Jordan Nagel, Bishop Kelly, head coach last year and for four years before. Now at Sepulpa. All right, so you talked about going into a position where Sepulpa, and you're 9-8 and eight this year, but you're 7-3 and three in district, which I want to get to. But you took over what is kind of a rebuilding thing. Uh, what is it that's attractive about that? Certainly I understand the hometown thing. What's attractive about rebuilding a program?
3: You get to make it yours. Um, you complete, it's a complete overhaul. So you, you come in and you, you say, this is the expectations This is what we're doing. What w- what was happening before wasn't working. And the players, you know, um, really buy into you early when you come in with a lot of passion and enthusiasm and, uh, you, you know, you just come in and, and you get to make it yours. It gets to be your program. And it's not like. In the last season, you know, they had a bunch of success, and now you come in to just go, let's just get you over the top and put the sprinkle on top. This is a complete, like, you guys haven't even got to have dessert. Let's go have some dessert. And so uh, that's, that's what's fun about it. All the expectations, all the rules, all of the this is how we practice, this is how we treat the locker room, this is how you treat one another, this is how you act in the hallways, that is, it's a lot of hard work. But that is the fun part about when you get to take over a program um, that's been struggling. And, and like we said, it being home and me having you know uh, this logo on my chest again, that that helps a little bit too to to bring that energy every day.
1: Are you finding the process something the kids are accepting nicely?
3: Oh, absolutely. Ever since I got here in uh, late April, early May, they they have been awesome. The, you know, little pushback early, just you know, testing the waters. Yep. You know, what can we get away with? And that's that's kids in general, right? Um, no matter if you're talking sports or or anything, you know, substitute teacher, right? They're going to test the waters and see what they can get away with, and and you just got to come in with with this is the expectation, and we're not wavering from that, no matter what it is.
1: Yeah. I get that from Bryce every morning. I know what that's like. So, all right. (laughs) So when that happens though, how do you handle it? What do you do? I mean, some coaches, I I played for one guy who he would just take you aside and and (laughs) he would give you one look and you knew you better not do that again. And then I played for guys who would kind of let it pass. And what do you do when somebody's that way? How do you go ahead and get them back
3: in line? You've got to be consistent. Um, So coaching is teaching and coaching is all about relationships. So at the end of the day, players need to know you care about them. So yes, these are the rules and expectations. Yes. This is the discipline for when you miss a practice. Yes. This is the discipline when you're going to talk back or when you have a certain grade in a class and and you, you set those guidelines, but then you can't waver from those guidelines. But then after that, whether you're yelling and screaming, or whether you know it's a it's a harsh talk, after that, at the end of the day, you wrap your arm around them and you tell the kid you love them, and and you make sure that the the kid or the student athlete understands why you're doing what you're doing, and ultimately, it's because you care about them, and this is a learning point in their life that they have to grow from, and. You know, like you said, sports is supposed to teach life lessons and that's what we're supposed to
1: do. Yeah, and I can see that being the case. Couple more minutes here with Jordan Nagel, the Sepulpa basketball head coach. All right, so as you take the you kinda of know where you are now. As I mentioned, really good in, in district play and you know, above five hundred overall. Where do you see the most growth coming for this basketball team now? What do you need to do to finish it strong?
3: Yeah, we got our tenth win last night. Um Just moved into third in the district last night with some of the way the district games came out um, with some different results within the district. And so we're sitting kind of pretty. Um, Don't know if we can get to two. Uh, We've got some tough games coming up and you'd love to be in that three spot, you know, because then you get to play the six on the other side in the playoffs. And so you're fighting for that three, four or five spot. We've got a tough game Friday against Kawita. Coach Watson does a great job um, over there, but it is, our team is yet to play, in my opinion, we keep telling them this every day, they've yet to play up to their capability as far as the five or six or seven guys that we're playing consistently, they haven't played their best ball collectively, so, you know, last night there was three or four of them that really played really well, and then one of our best players and athletes, only had four points last night, didn't play very well. Well, and we went by twenty five. And so if, if all five can start putting it together um on both ends of the floor, we can be we have we have the pieces to be very dangerous. So I've got height, I've got athletes, I've got a couple shooters. It's just keeping those guys um consistent and making sure that they if they can continue to play to their level, but then if all five can click at the same point we can be pretty dangerous.
1: Yeah, that can be really cool. You know, I mentioned one thing before you go, and that is what's happening in Sepulpa. The city's been doing it for a long time. I love the downtown area. The Christmas stuff has been wild the last couple of years. Football's made a really good impact. They're, they're kind of doing their thing to come back. Basketball's adding to it. Do you feel that, you know, the same kind of, you know, the Jinxes and the Owasso's and the Broken Arrows did that at one time? Sepulpa's not quite that big when it comes to student count yet, I don't think. But do you feel that kind of same momentum?
3: No doubt this community- and that's another draw um to the to this job uh this community is putting a big push towards uh amplifying the downtown area we have um there's all kinds of events going on downtown. you mentioned like a jinx um where the, you know they've got the, the string lights and there's you know there's there's things to do and Sepulpa in the last four or five years has made a big push to do that and it's growing because of it. We actually just passed a school bond, um, in the fall. We're going to get a brand new high school. Um, we're going to get brand new softball and baseball facilities. We're going to get two new oxygens, We're going to get a football end zone facility. It's one of these things that those other communities are about a decade ahead of us, um, or more. And it's just taken a while for us to get here at, um, as the pulpins, but, This push, I mean, in the next four or five years, we're really going to grow, and and it's going to be awesome for our students Uh, because the high school, I mean, I went here almost 20 years ago, and not much has changed as far as the way it looks and and some of the maintenance around here, and it's hard to upkeep, so the brand-new high school is just going to be awesome. It's going to be an awesome experience for our teachers and students and, and everybody involved.
1: Yeah, it's, 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 it really is a fun place, there's no doubt. Well, Jordan, I'm happy for you. I think that's really cool that you get a chance to go back and do that, and I hope it continues to improve and go well. Everything somebody does makes somebody else a little bit better, and that's really cool. Uh, thank you for your time. We're going to put you on hold. I have, uh, Bryce has one question to ask you off the air, and then we'll get back with you later in the year. I appreciate it, brother.
3: Awesome. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Have a good morning.
1: You bet. That is Jordan Nagel, head basketball coach now at Sepulpa, formerly Bishop Kelly. It's 828 on the Blitz 1170. That's Bryce Hulse. I'm Rick Corey still to come. Little Arkansas Athletics inside the Razorbacks with Tyler Cash from KTHV 11 and the Little Rockies, Arkansas Insider. We'll do it next here on the Blitz 1170.
0: Download the Blitz 1170 app now inside your cell phone provider's app store. You don't need a radio to listen to the Blitz. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.
2: The Big 12 football schedule for 2024 has officially been released, and it sounds as follows for Oklahoma State. In order, that the Cowboys will host Utah, be at Kansas State, host West Virginia, at BYU, at Baylor, host Arizona State for homecoming, at TCU, host Texas Tech, and they'll finish the regular season with a Friday matchup at Colorado. And tonight, the Tulsa Golden Hurricane will host the Wichita State Shockers at the Reynolds Center. That one will have a 5.30 pregame, 6 o'clock tip-off, and you can listen to all of it over on Big Country 99.5. And in NBA basketball tonight, the Oklahoma City Thunder will be hosting Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets. This is the fourth and final meeting between the two teams in the regular season. Tip-off for that one is at 7.00. That's the window world of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holston, the Blitz 1170, and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.
0: The Blitz 1170 weather provided by Community Care, your locally owned health plan. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. Love
1: to have you on there. It's our Opti Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. Bryce Olson in the next room. I'm Rick Corey. Good morning, Bob Babbitt. here in a couple of minutes. Bob was a heck of a linebacker at TU. He and Cliff Abbott made a heck of a team back on some of Don Morton's teams. At 8.35, though, it's time for us to turn our attention a little bit to the east over here, and that's to Arkansas, where we get our insider, Tyler Cass from KTHV 11 in Little Rock. Good morning, sir. We have a question for you about the Arkansas fan base. Are you all geared up and ready?
4: Oh, goodness. Uh, <laughs> we're going to start right there. Yeah, good morning. We need <laughs> coffee when you can talk about what the arkansas fan base wants to talk about let's go
1: well all right here's the question actually bryce had the question so you go ahead because we were talking about the the big 12 schedule and it came out and certainly you know arkansas is the sec but oklahoma state's going to host arkansas talked about them coming over here and bryce had a point
2: well I, i just thought that osu should really be geared up for that one because i look at arkansas's fan base as one of those where no matter what situation arkansas is in whether it's You know, there's a lot of hype going into the season or not. Obviously, the program has had some struggles recently. If they're able to make a trip, you know, that that's pretty short in that regard, they're going to bring a convoy to Stillwater. So I think that that's something that OSU needs to be very prepared for in terms of the way they sell tickets, because I think it could be a situation like we've seen with Nebraska and stuff, the way that they'd be able to bring really big fan bases. So. That's what I thought about Arkansas going and, to O.C. this year.
1: And then my wife having a tremendous amount of family in Arkansas, and I know how much they complain about the Razorbacks, I'm, quite, I'm not quite so sure. So how does the Arkansas fan base travel, especially if one of their teams in the last year had been struggling?
4: So I, I think the, the key here is, is the travel part because they do, they do travel exceptionally well. Uh, even in a year where, where it's a down year or something like that, if it's a doable road trip, people are going to get up for that. Uh, at, even if at the expense of a, a home game or two, because that's, that's, that's what I mean. The, the, the attendance, especially like at the end of last year, it's down for those home games. Uh, a lot of people look at that as a way to, you know, make a statement about their unhappiness. <laughs> okay. We you know we're going to not going it. You know, we'll show them with our wallets and, and all that. But road trips, uh, the, the, those guys like to travel, and and they'll they'll go regardless. So yeah, I I do think, especially with it being such a a, a quick trip across the border there. I mean, heck, you guys know there's a good amount of Arkansas fans already in Oklahoma. Oh yeah, um, look look how they show out to to the BOK Center for those for those basketball games. So yeah, I think something like this, especially one that I think a lot of Razorback fans feel like you know should be almost an annual thing, either Oklahoma or Oklahoma State, uh, so that they'll, they'll, they'll get up for that one. For sure. Yeah, I think
1: I think all of us have believed that, that you know, fortunately, of course, Oklahoma's going to cross over and now play against them, which is going to create some really good softball, which is coming up, by the way, in, what, eight days? I think they're going to get underway, at least the Sooners will be. Now, I mean, for Arkansas, coming off that and having a lot of fans here, you still have a kind of a fascinating game. You're going to go play against the Doug Walker Award winner and a team with a lot of people back. I feel some little excitement for that. How much of a scene setter or a trend setter do you think that might be for the Razorbacks?
4: Yeah. And, you know, former Razorbacks on that Oklahoma state team as well. Um, so there's already a little bit of uh, chatter amongst the fan base about this one. And I, as far as the early season schedule goes for Arkansas, that's going to be the, the first, because I mean the rest of their non-conference games, uh, look after last year and after having covered this team through, the Chad Morris era, it's really hard to ever call a game a, a, you know, guaranteed win, but they'll, they'll play uh, UAPB, which is Arkansas Pine Bluff, to to open the season. And that's, that's not going to be a close game. And then the rest of the non-conference, you know, UAB and Louisiana tech who have some good history, but are, are not in the midst of one of their better runs. So it's, it's that Oklahoma state game. I think where a lot of people are looking at it as a, all right, are we, have the right changes been made or are we gonna be competitive or is this gonna be another year like last
1: year? Yeah. We have a texter, Gary Ann, who is a huge Arkansas fan, and we began the week by talking about you know what had happened you know lately with Eric one and that basketball team and she texted at nine one eight two six two five zero seven two and said, Please don't talk about them ever again this year. <laughs> are, are you kind of getting some of that feeling from the fans over there?
4: Oh yeah. I, you made a softball February eighteenth, baseball February sixteenth. Can't get here quick enough because until then, you kind of have to lead a sports cast uh, with the basketball team and, and all that's going on there. But uh, the Razorback women's team is doing all right. They've mm-hmm. won two in a row. They did so without their leading scorer, who's been out injured, Talia Scott. They get her back tonight. Uh, they had, they had another. you know, Sailor Poffenbarger went eight for ten from three-pointer against Missouri. Like, there's some, there's some good basketball out there. And, I mean, heck, the Razorbacks did look at least, you know,
0: Competitive
4: against Kentucky, so slowly building in the right direction. Too slowly, I think, to make anything of this season, barring a miraculous tournament run. Yeah. But. It was
1: watchable basketball for the most part. <laughs> yeah, and, and with you know, you, you talk about the women's team. As I mentioned before, Mike Neighbors, their head coach, and my wife are good friends. They were classmates together at Greenwood, so well, she follows that a little bit, and she really likes that basketball there. Uh, all right, so so basketball not great. Football, we're not really sure about. We know softball and baseball are going to be pretty good, but one of the more one of the more impressive things to me is how these fans, Arkansas fans, even when they're down on their team they're still their team right and that they as you mentioned they'll they'll travel they'll do their things they'll spend their money i i know that momentum is a big deal and when you know when you still had you know guys in charge like broyles you always felt that do you still feel that
0: yeah
4: i mean look it's they are always plugged in for better or for worse um that that's the thing that, that you you don't really get in bad times is apathy uh they they are much quicker to anger uh, and there's, I mean, there's some downsides to that too. Uh, it's been, uh, you know, Twitter is always a toxic environment. Arkansas Twitter doubly so. But the yeah. last couple days on there, um, I don't know what you guys have or haven't seen, but the a lot of unsubstantiated things flying around about the Razorback basketball team uh, and Eric Musselman and, and and everything to the point where Danielle Musselman, Eric's wife, put something out this morning saying, "Hey guys, please stop." Uh, asking questions about the team to my, you know, eighth-grade daughter. Like, that's not cool. So, yeah, it's, yeah the, the, you get that side of things, I think, when things start to go south, which it's, it's not apathy. You can't say they don't care, but it's the, the caring too much. It's, it's the, you know, foying Houston nuts, fo- hiring planes to oh, fly over geez. the stadium torturing Brandon Allen's pickup truck. Like, the Razorback fandom does have a history of taking things, I think, a bit too far. <laughs> um, but, again, they, they are most certainly always plugged in and paying attention.
1: I would think so. And, you know, it, fans are as happy sometimes being negative as they are being positive.
4: <laughs> oh, 100%. You get the feeling sometimes that there are people who relish the team losing a few games. is purely so they can go – See, I was right about these, <laughs> these bums or whatever. I can. Go there and it's like, hey, man, are you are you happy that they're losing? Like, is this what you wanted? Again, I do think that that's a small but very vocal minority, but it's there. Yeah, it definitely is.
1: All right, so before we leave here today, as we're talking to Tyler Cass, our insider for Arkansas, KTHV 11 in Little Rock, you know, one thing we haven't talked about, and I've seen a lot lately about, you know, the, the Oklahoma gymnastics team. Uh, I'm, I'm a follower of the AM stuff, of course, and their track team has been awfully good, and those are things Arkansas has been really good in. We talked a little bit about gymnastics last week, but what is it looking like outdoor this year in the Olympic sports?
4: Oh, yeah, I mean, look, Arkansas track and field, uh, it, look, you, people like to debate here at Arkansas. It changes every year. They wish they were a football school. They've recently been a basketball school until this year. They're actually really a baseball school. <laughs> the, the the answer is they're a track and field school. I mean, the, the run that they went on from like the late 70s to early 2000s, that's never going to be uh, countered again just because you know, college sports has changed. But Arkansas in that 30-year period, won what more uh, national championships and indoor, outdoor and uh, cross country combined than the rest of the country combined. It's, it's, it's absolutely insane what the history is there. And yeah, it just continues. Um, I mean, they've they've got the reigning Bowerman award winner uh, who just announced that uh, he's, he's going to be turning pro after this season, but I think out, yeah, outdoor wise, it's still kind of a, a last hurrah there. And, and then, uh, just a couple of coaches also looking to to ride off into the sunset on top so mm-hmm. for again for, for it's a small but dedicated fan base as far as track and field goes um i've shot a couple of events i i'm a little out of my element i usually go to the SID the and say hey there's a lot going on here tell me where i need to be and when to get get the important <laughs> things and that he'll, he'll be like all right you know Two fifty-seven. Make sure you're here. And one one thirty. Make sure you're here. But the Arkansas the facilities are gorgeous. Um, if you're into the track and field oh, yeah. at all, uh, the indoor is known as one of the faster tracks in the country. So you'll have professionals coming out to to, to me. It's just to try and break some records. Um, but the outdoor stuff is great too. So yeah, no. It'll if Arkansas fans want to want to see a winner. That's what I always say. Like, stop complaining about basketball. <laughs> Get to track.
1: There you go. If you want to see, yeah, if you want to watch somebody, yeah, they've always been great. They've always been fantastic, and always had great coaches there too. Well, it's always good, Tyler. We'll let you go, and uh, let's take care of the rest of the business. And remember, be there at two fifty-two. That's, that's right, exactly. Thanks, guys. Thanks, brother. We'll see you next week. That's Tyler Cass, our Arkansas insider from KTHV eleven in Little Rock. It's eight forty-five here on the Blitz eleven seventy. He is Price Also. I'm Rick Corey. I love watching Olympic sports. Do you like them? Yeah, I, I dabble.
2: I guess would be the best way to talk about it. <laughs> I don't.
1: I've never heard someone your age say, I dabble. <laughs> <laughs> an old soul, Rick. For some reason, that makes me laugh. <laughs> I love watching Olympic sports. I watched, um, Christine and I were waiting on Delaney one time down in, in College Station. We wandered into a track meet. It was on. We knew it was on, and, and it was free. You know, oh, nice. So we went inside and went to a track meet. It was actually an indoor meet. And then we, uh, gosh, I think it was the next trip down there, we went to swimming. They were actually having a big meet, and so we got to see swimmers from all over the country go in. and I, I mean, I'm enough of a sports geek; I'll just go watch that stuff, sure. you know. And so was she. And I, but I love, love watching good Olympics. And, you know, we have got the Olympics coming up, you know, yeah. this year, yeah, right in the summer. Yeah, which is gonna be a lot of fun. So I, I'll watch that stuff all day long. Now, when they start getting into the weird Olympic sports. I'm kind <laughs> I mean,
2: the of out. Some of The stuff that you had to petition for?
1: Yeah, I mean, some of them, like, you know, snowboarding, that's kind of fun to watch, you know, and oh, I sure. think, it, you know, you when baseball and softball go away and back and that kind of stuff. But there's some stuff we're doing now that I'm nuts. Uh, I won't watch as much. Now, the one thing that really fascinates me is you go to the Winter Olympics and that cross-country skiing where you also have to fire a rifle. <laughs> now I need to look this up. I understand. I have heard of this. I can't even remember what it's called. I understand. How you well you have to you, you know you ski and then you stop and then you go down and you actually shoot at the targets then you get up and you ski again i don't even, gosh i can't remember what it 's called. It is so much fun to me, and I, I can imagine where it came from. The biathlon, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I remember where. It, I mean, I can guess where it came from because you know there was probably a time when that's how people, you know, in those countries had to get their food. So oh, yeah. Ski
2: that's, shoot, ski shoot. I mean, the, I, the top question: What winter sport combines skiing and rifle shooting? Here you, so you go, biathlon. And
1: and, well, and then you wonder yourself, right? So let's say that you get yourself a nice bag, and you're out on skis. How do you get it back? You just slide mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I honestly. You have an extra pair of skis? <laughs> I have so many questions, and I have very few answers. Mm. It's 847 on the Blitz 1170. He's Bryce Hall, so I'm Rick Corey. But if you listen, you know that. nine one eight two six two five zero seven two is the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. When we come back. we got a few notes to close it up for, uh, including one about... Uh, Brock Purdy that I think you'll find interesting. And what about Travis Kelsey? He won another poll that you might also find interesting. We'll do it next year on the Blitz.
0: The Blitz text line is always open. 918-262-5072. You can text us anything you want at any time. From the Oklahoma sports desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.
2: There's college basketball at the Reynolds Center tonight as the Tulsa Golden Hurricane will host Wichita State that one will have a 5.30 pregame, 6 o'clock tip-off. You can listen to all of it over on Big Country 99.5. In NBA basketball tonight, the Oklahoma City Thunder will be hosting Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets. This is the fourth and final regular season matchup between the two teams. Tip-off for that one is at 7. And former OU and current Bucks quarterback Baker Mayfield will replace Dak Prescott in the Pro Bowl. Prescott is excused because of the impending birth of his daughter. This marks Mayfield's first Pro Bowl in his career. He is scheduled to become a free agent this offseason. That's the Winter World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holtz on the Boots 1170 and streaming on the Boots 1170 app.
0: is the morning blitz with rick cory want to get in the game call us up at 918-879-1170 we want to hear from you
1: always good as a matter of fact hear from you anyway you can send cards smoke signals letters or you know the easiest way 918-262-5072 it's our nopty treatment clinic of oklahoma text line we always appreciate your help on that one all right bryce also in the next room i'm rick Corey in here a couple of notes to close her up here on a wednesday <clears throat> pardon me one of those <clears throat> come on Actually, I actually have a doctor's appointment today, so I can figure out why this <laughs> won't go away. Uh, Travis Kelsey, he's everywhere. He is swelcy. He's Taylor Swift. He's the Chiefs. He's an all-pro. He's you name it. Travis Kelsey's everything. He has now been voted <laughs> Zillow. You know, Premier Zillow, the real estate yeah. thing. They did this poll: What professional football player would you most want to be your next-door neighbor? He wins. Wow, I can see that. Can you see that? Yeah. I mean, I, I I could see him
2: being like a really fun guy to be around, but yeah. also responsible at the same
1: time. Yeah. And just, you know, a guy when you went outside in the morning, you know, he saw you, a big smile and wave. Yeah. You know, I mean, in your, are your neighbors around your house? Are they friendly? Are they, do oh, you guys for sure. talk? You do all that? Yeah, yeah. A little bit. Yeah? Pro- probably. A little like, bit? Pretty- all right, so wait a minute. You went from, <laughs> yeah, sure, a little bit. <laughs> all
4: no, right. No, like,
2: it's all. It's always cordial. It's always like, okay. it's always nice, you know. But is there
1: but nothing been, nothing too crazy? Will somebody like start a conversation and wave and smile and yeah, all yeah. that? Yeah, for sure. We always get that. My neighborhood won't. <laughs> really? <laughs> no. I Been mean, there seventeen, eighteen years. The lady to our left, who is uh, she's a little elderly, but really nice lady, Sue. Mm. We talked to her. But really, I mean now there's there are a couple of boys who live across the street, really good kids. And I pay them to like do the lawn, you know, which is really nice. And 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 they're really good young men. But around, I mean, other than that, we're kind of on a corner, and there's a school right behind us, and that kind of thing. So that's that makes it a little interesting. But if you uh, otherwise, other than, no, there's just nothing. <laughs> it's really quiet. Well darn. <laughs> well, you know, it is what it is. Find
2: find where Travis Kelsey is.
1: I would. Lo- I think. I think Kelsey would be a great one. Now, actually, you know who came in second?
2: Um, Josh Allen.
1: Mahomes. Oh, okay. I can see I that, too.
2: T- I tried, Josh. I tried to get you something over Mahomes, but yeah? it just would not work. I, right, right. You can't <laughs> even beat him in this. I can't even beat him in Zillow. Okay,
1: number three really surprised me. Odell Beckham, Jr. Mm. Right? It'd be fun. Yeah.
2: I mean, I feel like we'd be talking about that more in, you know, 20, <laughs> 2015 or something.
1: I think it'd still be fun. Yeah. I just think it'd be fun as could be. All right, so if you could pick a professional football player to live next door, who would it be? Uh...
2: Tariq Hill could be fun, right? Well, uh... coming off of a again, we we now know the reason behind the the house burning yeah. or whatever. So, now that we now that we know and we have that taken care well, of.
1: Well, he's prolific. Yeah. You know, if you know what I'm saying. mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
2: It'll be one of those where I enjoy it for like a couple of weeks, and then it's like, okay, I'm getting tired yeah, no, of this I guy. Wouldn't, I'm
1: sorry. I wouldn't pick Tyreek. Yeah, there's no chance. Uh, I think Kelsey would be fine. Let's see. Who else in the NFL would I pick?
2: Let's just pick somewhere. Joe Flacco. All right. Just a family man. He's going gonna to
1: sit on his lazy Kurt board. Kirk Cousins. Okay. You talk about family, yeah. man. Guy drives a van. He wears clothes. that He's, 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 he's oh. consistently hammered for wearing dad clothes. All plaid, everything. He has no, quote-unquote, drip. How the <laughs> hell does that get started? Drips a bad thing. If something on your body drips, you go to a doctor. This again. Right? Don't you?
2: I would assume so, yeah. Yeah, I
1: would think. I mean, if you're dripping, that's not good. Mm -hmm. If your faucet drips, that's bad. How did we turn this into something? I don't know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think he'd be, I mean, he would be really responsible, friendly, Mm -hmm. you know, toss you a wave. Try to party, Rick. (laughs) All right, so let's go to Brock Purdy. He's making 3.75, I believe, right? Isn't that what the rookie deal was? Mm, Yeah. Look it up. While Mahomes makes that per completion. (laughs) But Brock Purdy was doing an interview, and, you know, he seems, again, I mean, that is correct, by the way. Brock Purdy would also be a good next door man. He seems like a really good basic young man, right? Yeah. But you know one of the ways he saves money? I know he has a roommate. Here you go. That's it. Oh, you got to
2: turn
3: that off. Ready? Yep. what is the reality for Brock Purdy at home so I still have a roommate one of the offensive linemen here so he and I are you know still splitting rent um, I still drive you know my uh, Toyota Sequoia and other than that it's, it's pretty simple
1: there you go uh, that uh, so see next door neighbor that is next door yeah. neighbor material gosh absolutely uh say, they say the Holy Cross men's swimming and diving team This is really funny. So Holy Cross, uh, was we had a basketball game last night, <clears throat> and they were playing. Let's see, I gotta go find it who it was because it's not in the in the initial part of the story. It says B U. I don't know if that. No, it's Boston. All right, so they're playing Boston, and you can imagine Holy Cross. It's kind of a gym, right? So Free Fellowship steps uh, steps up from Boston, and everybody, and suddenly the crowd starts to cheer and yell. The entire men's swimming and diving team in those little tiny speedo bathing suits are jumping up and down on a little raised space waving at the shooter and he makes the shot and they run off. Right. So he's gone. And the shooter, you know, gets the ball back, bounces it again. He's going to take the next shot and they run back out. <laughs> but this time they're closer. They're downstairs. And the guy still nails the second shot and they all just wah, and they run back off again. It was a classically funny for the program. Yes, it was a classically funny college moment, if you will. But that was really cool. Uh, and then I mentioned Bob Babich, uh, his son, Bobby. Uh, good. Congratulations, man. He's a hell of a coach. His dad was a great coach. He was not only an assistant and a head coach at North Carolina State, but he was an assistant in the NFL for many years. He and Cliff Abbott were the linebackers together on those uh, Don Morton teams. And, And Bob was a tough, tough player. Cliff was funny. Cliff became an assistant later for Tulsa and set a record of eating 17 Dove bars on one flight. Used to have dove bars on one of our charters. So don't do that anymore. Mm. But used to, and he was trying to set the record during a flight, Bob was, or no, I mean Cliff. So Cliff would have, because they were frozen solid, he would put <laughs> one under each arm <laughs> while he's eating one. And that way he was thawing the others, and then he would rotate and continue to eat until he had down 17 dove bars going from Tulsa to Fresno. That's a game plan. Yeah. <laughs> That was Yeah, <laughs> You know, it, these are the things, when the book comes out, that's the stuff that's going to mm. be in there. Have you ever thought about eating 17 dub bars on an airplane? Nah. There you go. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thank God. And I know a lot of you were saying. Coming up next, Dan Patrick and then Rich Eisen, followed by the show with Pop and Colby, 3 to 6. See you back here tomorrow for other Friday. It's really a Thursday on the Blitz 1170. Have a good day.